Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello, welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie, a weekly podcast here in association with Labrooks, where we get you hyped for the sporting weekend. My name is Mark Farley, and as always, I'm joined by Mick McCarthy. Mick, what's the form? What's form the form? Is, What's the crack? And how's the form? I suppose is the best way to say that. The crack is minimal, but the form is good. You know, Villa are in the Champions League places. We haven't conceded a goal yet, and, and we've just signed Ross Barkley. So, you know, things are looking up from a football point of view. From a GEA point of view, we've got county finals out the wazoo at the moment, and I've been watching them and looking forward to more of them. We've got the NFL. We've got the NBA finals are starting on t- starting tonight. Uh, we've got. Lots more. We've got the Pro Fort. The next rugby season is starting before the last one even finishes, and uh, there's a whole lot more besides. So I'm uh, I'm pumped and ready to go. Yeah, I'm. There's two things that get me excited. Mick is the Cavan County final and the promises. The promise of more Cavan County finals to come. Yeah, and, so you're uh, in good form. Yeah, we're getting two of them this year for the price of one. Uh, but, uh, what brilliant uh, action at the weekend. Um, I'm delighted that uh, we didn't make a show of ourselves on national television, so I'm in good form too. Uh, like, as you mentioned, there's plenty coming up this weekend. We're going to be chatting to Stephen Ferris about the new Pro 14 season, which is about to start this weekend, despite the fact that Leinster and Ulster season only ended two weeks ago and of course as you mentioned the European Champions Cup isn't on for another few weeks the final of that so uh, we'll be chatting this evening about the um, the chances for all the different provinces looking ahead to this season which is great we're jumping you know we, we had we had to make do without a lot of sport for a lot of months in the summer, but all of a sudden it's all coming along at once. It's like buses. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be chatting to Kevin Dye. He'll be getting his take on Stephen Kenny's squad that he announced this week for the Slovakia game and obviously looking ahead to the weekend's Premier League action as well. So plenty going on. Make you live your NFL picks too. Yeah, that's not, not, too, not, not too bad, Mark. Not too bad. I uh, did okay in the NFL picks. And I've got a big shout this week as well. I've been kind of banished from to Big Shout Wilderness recently uh, between being off on holidays and you getting a few goals in a row and Donnie coming in usurping me. But uh, I've got a big shout this week that I feel like might win me those elusive uh, two cakes and a sports biography. Yeah, and also one, two, three. Of course, we'll be playing that later on. I think it came the closest I've ever been to winning a five-year free bet. Uh, only for that last was in the last minute or last minute a couple of last few minutes anyway that the Diego Jota goal no you're uh, wrong you, you said this to me yesterday and you're still wrong you, for, you, oh, you actually forgot, forgot the point that Liverpool wasn't even on the one two three. you just picked them <laughs> in my win. head yeah, yeah <laughs> two in one. your head uh, the, the, the thing you, you got Sheffield United and Leeds right and fair play to you you won your one euro free bet we've all been there Mark we've all had our one euro free bets uh, the reason you didn't get a two year a five year free bet is because you didn't predict Leicester to beat Manchester City five two or for West Brom and Chelsea to draw three all. And dare yeah. I say nobody else did either. So it was a very difficult week to I be predict fair. more luck with one two three this yeah, week. Yeah, hopefully we get on better this week. Uh, but before that, you know what, we'll play one two three with Kevin Dyle, shall we? Let's chat to Kevin right now. Delighted now to be joined by Kevin Dyle. Kevin, how's it going? Good lads, how are you? Not so bad, good stuff. Uh, before we jump into the Premier League fixtures this week, I suppose the Ireland squad was announced this week by Stephen Kenny for the Slovakia match next week and indeed the two games after that. Uh, not many surprises other than I suppose Jack Bourne coming into the squad, but I suppose if you're looking at trying to pick a start and 11 from that, that's where the headaches start. But thankfully, they're probably good headaches for Stephen Kenny at the minute because you're looking at the likes of Seamus Coleman coming back into form. He's putting his, you know, he, Just when he thought, we thought he was out, he's pulling himself back yeah. in again. Oh, yeah. And the likes of Callum Robinson getting two goals at the weekend. 
Yeah, um, important. Callum Robson, great, great goals as well. Um, important we see lads scoring goals. Um, you know, he's really put himself into contention. It's going to be interesting what Stephen does. You know, you thought that first, I suppose, team he picked was his idea of what he was going to go with going forward. Um, Seamus Coleman, sign of a great player. He goes through, tall. everyone goes through ups and downs in the career, but he's coming back. Um, not that he was in a massive down or anything like that, but he's just coming back and, and showing everyone why he was a top player and why he should still be captain and start. And it's a tough one for Stephen. He sort of made his choice in that first game, put Matt in there. But um, not been a bad start for Matt Spurs, not been the best either. But um, I would I would think he would go with Seamus. Um, and then the experience and him playing well, everything starting the season so well. Um, it's the easier decision and I think the right decision. Um, a little bit disappointed, he's sneaking up with the squad again. You know, I, I, I was delighted he had a little 23 man squad, the smallest we had in years, and, and rightly so, in my opinion, you know, keeping it elite and uh, making it a big, big deal to be picked for your, your national team squad. And he's sneaking back up there to 25. It's <laughs> not often you have three games in a week. Three games in a row, <laughs> but yeah. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But back in the day, you've just been put on standby and you dealt with it. And if you're needed, you'd be brought in and, and whatever. But, uh, Listen, that's the way it is. So, um, no, he's some good headaches. A um, lot of Irish players playing well. I just reading some random stat yesterday about where we are regarding goal scored in the Premier League this season compared to last season, and where I think we've three times as many goals from Irish players in the in the in the um, in the Premier Division this year compared to last season. So, um, just a random stat, but it all helps. We need every bit of it, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's very positive coming into it. Um, um, not much else you can say until we until we get to the game. See them, yeah. See yeah. Sit and who he picks. We'll talk more about that game um, next week, obviously in detail. See, I think it's sneaking up on us as to how huge a game it is for yeah. Stephen Kenny and for Irish football. But um, just kind of, there is obviously a round of Premier League games to go before we get there. And it's, I was um, thinking earlier about Liverpool, and you know, I think a lot of the talk before the season, I think you might have picked City to win the league. Obviously, we're very, yeah. very early stages, and I think a lot of us thought we're in for a kind of a closer season, maybe a few more teams in there. And Liverpool, we kind of, I'm wondering that we overlook Liverpool a little but because you see what's happened with City at the weekend with Chelsea at the weekend with United the weekend before it's kind of same old same old with a lot of these yeah. teams whereas Liverpool have had two huge games Chelsea and Arsenal and not only won both of them but dominated both of them and like reminded everybody I suppose that Liverpool are still the team to beat here yeah they're the champions that's you know it's the big challenge for them to come back and do it again and until they do it and until they start the season until you see it it's just an unknown um, for us I suppose that's why we were so Doubtful, and we were just hoping. Everyone's just hoping it's a competitive league. You know, you want to see it go right to the wire. You don't. It's great for Liverpool fans. But we don't want to see him winning by ten points and, and basically cruising over the line. When we came back from lockdown, they could play poorly and cruise over the line. The season was over, so you'd like to see it closer. But as he said, United, that um, City, you know, they've Chelsea. They've all just the teams we thought might step up this season. Thought Chelsea might push, and they've looked um, poor. I know it's short few games in and there's new players everyone's trying to settle in but Liverpool has started very well Man City are the ones for me Jesus Leicester 5-2 you know it's you just didn't didn't see that coming I really thought they'd have the bit between their feet and get off to a flyer and maybe go 10 games unbeaten or something like that and really you know put the put the hammer down and put it on Liverpool to, to match them but you know so far it looks like Liverpool started started the season stronger than they finished last season um, playing very well even Jordan Klopp, like watching him, watching how passionate he was after that game, and anyone questioning his team, um, 
against against Arsenal tonight, how he defended them and how, how he spoke. And it gave an insight into how he views football as well. You know, you, you have to give away chances if you're going to play the way they play and press how they press and do things. You know, that's not, you know, uh, that's that's how they play. That's where they're exciting, where they score goals because they do, not that they take chances, but they're going to give up a few opportunities, but they're going to create more score more goals. And, you know, it wasn't, he was, was Roy Keane questioned whether they were, you know, a bit sloppy. And he was saying that's how they play always. They're always, not that they're all sloppy, but they're going to give opportunities when, when they're the ones on the front foot and doing all the, doing all the football, which is what I got from it. And um, no, it was nice to see him sort of explain his mindset and how he looks at it. I'm not afraid to take on, um, take on a few people back in the studio, which is good for us viewers. Definitely. Uh, this weekend, obviously, the big match is probably Spurs against Man United on Sunday. Now, we talked last week, you were talking about United players and that there's no excuse for them not being fit at this time of the season. But to be fair to Spurs, I saw Jose Mourinho last night was uh, publicly kind of questioning. He was wondering if the reason that Eric Dyer had to go run into the toilet was because he was playing a second game in 48 hours in the middle of the game. But uh, they're playing four matches across seven days this week between Europe and the Cup and the Premier League. Is that, to be fair to Mourinho, maybe a little bit too much? I give him, I give him the, I give him that one. That one's a bit of, you know, he's a reason. He doesn't usually get more just for the sake of it, but in this case, it's, you know, it's it's valid, um, good result for them. You know, considering all the changes they made, you know, I know it's still a couple, it's still a win, and it's morale boosting, and even to do in penalties, it's just, you know, you know, builds a bit of um, camaraderie among the squad, beating Chelsea as well. Um, you know, it was a, not a massive victory for them, but it's important on how things are at Spurs and how Mourinho's, you know, you could see it going either way there. So every little win for them is, is important. And if they can get a run in that going, get a run in the league, you could see maybe a little bit of team spirit building there. But, um, you know, it's, it is unfair on them. Um, but it might work in their favour, all those all those games, um, just to get a, get a bit of a run going. Because um, things haven't been going well there. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I'll give him. He's a valid point there. Uh, there. I'll get your prediction for that in a second because they're on the one, two, three this week. It's Labrook's game where you can win yourself 100 euro cash if you correctly predict the score of three of the games this weekend. And Kevin, we're going to get your picks this week, but we're also going yeah. to play along with you. We set up a mix. So we'll be making our predictions. I think of the three of us last week, I think I got one right. I don't know if you got any or Mick got any so far. It was a poor performance all round. It was a lot of goals. I was going to say, <laughs> not, not many people I don't think predicted a three-all draw between West Brom and Chelsea or a 5-2 to Leicester. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I'd like to find whoever <laughs> predicted that. Uh, first game up is Leeds against Man City on Saturday at half five. How do you see this going? I'm got goals again, and um, both those teams have been involved in some massive goal scoring games since the start of the season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Leeds and City just it's just so surprising against Leicester. I'm going to go for a, a home win, Leeds um, three two. 3-2 goals yeah Man City are leaking them and yeah I just fancy Leeds there we go Mark would be delighted to hear that all I need all I need is half a chance to uh, go with the Leeds win so given the Kevin's conference I'm going to go for it as well I'm going to, I'm going to say I'll agree with you as well I'll go 3-2 as well put a smile on your face it's amazing how quickly you turned on Man City though from going yeah. <laughs> four games in been, been beaten twice on the bounce um, but yeah that's how that's how football changes overnight I'll play it sensible and go for a 2 0 Man City win. Right, 2 0 yeah, Man City probably win. The safest, probably the safest bet. Uh, next one up is Man United against Tottenham. I'll start here. Nil all draw for me. I think it's going to be a tortured <laughs> game. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, which yeah, could be brutal this. Um, 
suppose I suppose you know, he's been back there. We spoke about him going back there before. He's been back there already a few times. So that's probably every system now. Um, hard to tell what way this will go. You know, I'm going to go for a one a one all draw. I think in this one, but pretty pretty muck this game. I would say, which is disappointing to uh, to say. But anyway, that's how, how it's been for both of those teams. Yeah, I think it could be bad to watch, but I think United might just scrape it. I think there's. Uh... I got two one to United. Son being injured, if he is out, I presume he's out for a little while with the hamstring. Um, you, they could pick up easily another one in Europe on Thursday. Have all the games that they've played, and they could be a bit tired. But United to squeeze it for me. We'll see how we go. And then last up, Aston Villa against Liverpool. Two of the big teams in the league, both with a hundred percent records, <laughs> both going for the title. Uh, Mick, I'm going to start off here with you because yeah. you're the Villa fan. One hour must go. Um, I will, <laughs> I will go for a two-one win to Liverpool. The same score was at Villa Park last season. Kevin, how do you see it going? Yeah, I was just thinking of that game. Villa played well. We're unlucky in that match, actually. Um, Liverpool didn't Liverpool nick it right at the end. Um, yeah, close that's two goals in injury time. Yeah. yeah um, Villa have surprised me with their signings. They spent a bit of money making it. Um, have they got Ross Barkley today? Yeah, Ross so, Barkley for the season. Yeah, yeah. No, like, they might you know, be, do better than we all thought this season, but still, Liverpool have been so good um, since that season. It's hard to see another. I'll go with, I'm the same. Actually, I give Liverpool an extra go. I go 3 1 Liverpool there just to be different. Yeah, I was thinking 3 1 as well. So, actually, no, do you know what? I'll go with an extra goal as well just to be different. I go 4 1. Sorry, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. You're not watching it. on Monday night, Mark, when we beat the mighty Fulham 3 0. Come on now. Uh, oh, <laughs> Different proposition. Yeah, yeah, God, terrible team. Uh, Kevin, thanks a million. Thanks for your picks. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us. We'll talk to you again next week. Talk to you soon. Bye, bye. Thanks there to Kevin. Uh, you can, of course, play one, two, three yourself. Get on to labbrooks.com right now. If you get one score right, you win a euro free bet. If you get two right, you win a five euro free bet. And if you get all three, you win a hundred euro cash. But up next, it is time to play the big shout. All right, hold it. Stay Just in. hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady, David, don't. Get round. No, no. don't. Bloody. Big shout time. Your chance to win two kicks and a sports biography by correctly sending us in a prediction for the sporting weekend that is 25 to 1 or greater on labbrooks.com. And if it comes off, you'll win yourself that coveted prize. I had a terrible weekend last week. Nothing went right for me. Mick, you're in the hot seat this week, but I've got a surprise for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it my birthday? No, I'll, I'll let you know. You, you walk away there, right? You give us your big okay. shout and then I'll let you know. It's only a month away from my birthday, by the way, if you're planning any presents or anything like that. You know, just, you know, I like to I let people know, mind. you know, Mick, like it's a month I and forgot, a day, actually. I forgot that uh, Liverpool and Arsenal weren't in the big shout after you told me that yesterday. How am I going to remember in a month's time that it's your birthday? <laughs> one, two, three, that they weren't in, but you forgot from <laughs> oh, sorry, 10 one, minutes two, ago three. before we spoke to Kevin. <laughs> Right, Mark, I'm going big on GEA for the big shout this week. I feel like I've been... I, I, do you know what? It's not that the media has overlooked it or that you've overlooked it or, or that the, the build-up or anything else. I personally have been overlooking the GEA over the last few weeks, so I'm determined to get really into it. I watched a good bit of the Ballyhale final at the weekend, but I didn't see too much more. And it's like, I want to be glued to it next Saturday and Sunday. So I've put a load of them into the big shout to try and get me kind of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask PJ about all the streams and stuff like that, and he can set me up there and I'll, I'll watch a lot of GEA. So I've gone with... What is, I think, ultimately one, two, three, four, five, six, seven GEA results here. <laughs> and nice. 
a true and a football one as well, right? So as you can tell, if there's eight bets and I only just got the 25 to 1, a lot of them are odds on. But not all of them are guarantees, I would say. Starting with those two big, huge hurling finals this weekend. In Galway, St. Thomas's are playing Turlock Moore. Uh, I suppose this is one that Dahi uh, Burke would have been expecting to play two finals in two days um, for Turlock Moore. But now we can just concentrate on the hurling because Currafin were shipped out in the semi-final last week. So he won't be involved in, in that final. But I do fancy T- St. Thomas's to win this. They've been the class of Galway now for a couple of years. I think it could be a close game. They're only five to six, which just shows you like this is five to six, six to five game on Ladbrokes. So it's not a straightforward one by any means. But I just fancy Thomas's to get it. I think if there was an All-Ireland this year, they'd be very very good very big contenders for it um and likewise then in Cork there's a big game Glen Rovers market place close to our own hearts after we did a show down there um last year a couple of years ago uh they're playing Black Rockets an all-city final which we haven't had in a while in Cork and this should be huge like this is actually really really exciting Rovers Glen Rovers I can't see past them really they're 8 to 15 just Patrick Horgan alone at club level is just destroying teams, you know, as you can imagine. But they've got good players all over the field. I fancy them to beat BlackRock. And I think they'll, so it'll be Glen Rovers and St. Thomas's for the hurling. Looking into the football then, you've got the uh, Kildare County final, Moorfield and a tie. A classic Kildare County final, you would agree. Um, I'm going for Moorfield in that one. And then in Derry, Schlotneil are playing Maher Felt. Again, a kind of a, Schlotneil may be a, a new club, but again, it feels like a kind of a classic Derry final yeah over the last kind of 10 years anyway. But Schlotney, like, like they're one to four and they're one to four for a reason. So uh, I, don't, I don't see much hope for Mahara Felt there. And then in Limerick, you don't often hear me talk about Limerick football market. There's a reason for that. But right now I will go for Adair, the place uh, where I got married, are playing Ballylanders uh, in the senior football final and they're four to 11. They're the county finals. Any objections so far? Don't think so. Okay, like well, I've still got three more heavy favorites. So yeah, not all heavy favorites though, but but all favorites. Yes. Uh, okay, two more. I'm going for in semi-finals in Cork, as you say. I'm going for heavy favorites. I am going for Nemo Rangers to make yet another Cork senior football final by beating the uh, Hallow. They're two to five, and then in Carlo of all places, um, I'm looking for uh, Emperor Palatine are playing O'Hanrahan's. Uh, in the semi-final, they're four to eleven. Palatine, I know, I'm joking, um, and I think they'll win. So they're my GEA bets, and I've got one more football bet then to get me over twenty-five to one, which is Arsenal are playing Sheffield United this weekend. Mark Sheffield United have played. It's at the Emirates. It's not looking good for Sheffield United, and ultimately, I do kind of think they probably won't get anything out of this game as well. However, I refuse to believe that they will go four Premier League games at the start of the season without scoring. I feel they'll find some way, somehow, of getting a goal, possibly to get past uh, Jay Leno's son, who's been brutal in goal recently. And I think that Sheffield United over 0.5 goals at 7-10 to 10 is the way to go this year, this week. It's a, very, very, it's a very specific one, but I like it. Yeah, no, Just I think, the, the score, uh, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Sheffield United to score. I like that. Palatine going to be yeah, hoping to get into the third Carroll County final in a row, actually. I think it might be their fifth and sixth years if they get there. So I like that one. Nemo Rangers, obviously, Nemo Rangers. So yeah, no, I like your big shout, but I'm going to see your big shout okay. and I'm going to hit back at you, right? Because I have a big shout of my own. Because okay. I was looking at, we spoke about the Cavan at the, in the intro Cavan. Yeah, I know, we're looking, I'm just going to do it. I know, you know well when it's not an official week, week Mick, that 
I'd end up going and winning it there and I'll not get well, the prize of two we, cakes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We don't have two cakes in sports biographies out the. We don't have enough <laughs> here for both uh, of us to win but Krishna against Kingscourt in the Cavan senior final. Lots of people watched I that. I stayed away from it. I was too scared. After exactly. And I was thinking that as well. And then I thought, you know what? Every, the more I think about it, this isn't going to be a replay where one team, I don't think, runs away with it. I would not be surprised. 13 to 2. Another for draw. 13 to 2 <laughs> on Labrooks.com for another draw. And then I said, well, do you know what as well? We mentioned it in the big show or in, the, in one, two, three there a few minutes ago. I think United against Tottenham on Sunday. Is going to be a draw. That's five to two on Labrooks. Two of those together in a double, 25.25 to one. And wow. when you use the odds boost, it bumps it up to 27.8 to one. So 28 mm. to one, basically, with the odds boost. So there is my big shout, Mick. Yeah, okay. So a draw in the Cavan County final, a draw in Manchester United and Spurs. Yeah, that's simple. It's a lot two less bets. complicated than mine. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board, Mark. I'm going to go. Can I just run through my eight-fold accumulator again, just in case yeah. <laughs> people have forgotten? Because, again, there is eight. So, in the hurling, St. Thomas's and Glen Rovers both to win. In the football finals, Moorfield, Schlotniel, and Adair to win. In the football semifinals, Palatine and Schlotniel to win. And then Sheffield United to get over 0.5 goals in their game against Arsenal. And that comes in at 25.86 to 1, or with the Ladbrokes odds boost, 28.69 to 1. So, I'll be throwing 50 cents on that anyway. And uh, we'll see who comes out best. And look, I could win 28 euro or whatever, but I, what I really want is two cakes and a sports biography. I've been, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting at this stage, and it's time. Exactly. This is my week. Well, look- Confident. Everybody else, all the listeners can, as well can enter. You can send them to the gaffer at Boss Study. Send in your prediction. Uh, put the big shout in the subject line, please. Send us a screen grab just of the odds of whoever it is on Labrooks. So even put the bet on. Um, and that's it. If it comes off, you'll win yourself that covered prize, two cakes and a sports biography. Up next, we're going to chat to Stephen Ferris as he previews the return of the Pro 14. Right, delighted to be joined on the show by Stephen Ferris. Stephen, uh, Look, to be honest, I thought we were going to be talking to you about the Heineken Cup final because I never checked the calendar and I had it in my head that what better way than building up brilliant semi-finals at the weekend, brilliant quarterfinals the week before, what better way to end the season than starting next season and waiting three weeks for the final? I know, I know. How bizarre, but it's just, it's just the way everything has been, eh? Just over the last number of weeks. And uh, yeah, I was in Exeter. We had to cover the game, the Ulster game from Toulouse in the Exeter. Um, it seemed fitting to cover it from there because actually we were playing Northampton in that quarterfinal. And then the semifinals come around, um, sitting watching it on TV, seeing Saracens get beaten um, by Rasting. It was brilliant to see because I'm fed up of watching the dire rugby that Saracens are playing, just the edge out games. It's just it's just not great on the eye. Like It might, it might be brilliant to be involved in. It might be... Amazing to be able to coach a set of players like that that are so physical and give absolutely everything. But like it is boring to watch, and I'm so glad that we've got two teams that like to play a bit of rugby in, in, in Exeter and, and in Racing 92. It's going to be a brilliant game. Hopefully it's not a final where it's really cagey and edgy, but both teams are loaded with players that like to go out and play with flair and throw it around. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, and obviously with... A final just around the corner the following week. Oh, no, that's not happening. We're back to the start of the season with the Pro 14, um, which is good because, you know, Ulster are playing at home this weekend. There's the good news of 600 fans being allowed into the stadium. Um, And, yeah, there seems to be a small bit of hope that 
things are maybe changing up here regarding sport and supporters being allowed back. Now, I think everybody's maybe getting ahead of themselves ever so slightly, mm. but um, I think it's encouraging, Mick, that you know we're, we're seeing the start of the season and things changed a little from, from where we picked off or where we left off uh, in the Pro 14 last season. Yeah, it's probably the main thing I wanted to talk to you about actually was this news that also we're going to let in 600 fans because you've been at a good few games now covering on TV and we talked a little bit about the eeriness and the weirdness of it. And like, I mean, I'm sure players have got used to it. They're all professionals. They've got going. But even just 600 people, even in a big stadium like Kingspan, you know, it will just feel like more like competitive rugby because they've all played games be it growing up or whatever, where there was just like a limited amount of people at a, at a game and sparse and spread out across the stadium. But suddenly you just feel like you're back in. And how much of an impact, like you're a former player, you've been at these games looking at how weird you are. How much of an impact is just even just a few fans going to make? Yeah, like I've played at Kingspan or Ravenhill as it was back then for Dungannon against Ballymena um, in cup finals. You know, when, when the two best teams in the, in the Ulster League came head to head, usually Dungannon against Ballymena. And we won a couple of those trophies. And again, there was maybe four or 500 people in the stadium um, at that time. But for sure, you could hear them. You know, for mm-hmm. sure, you could feel um, a bit of frustration. You could feel their atmosphere. You could feel their excitement. And it'll be interesting to see how they work it. I know watching the, the Harlequins versus Wasp game, I think maybe four or five weeks ago, um, or was it Wasp? I can't remember who it was they were playing. And there was alcoholic beverages being brought to the seat, you know, food being, being brought to the seat. Everybody had an app where um, they were given a specific time to get into the ground and out of the ground. And it seemed to work really, really well. Um, I'm not sure what, what way Ulster are going to do it. In terms of the TV, we thought we were going to have to be put in a, in a stand somewhere um, out of the way. But thankfully, we were allowed back on pitch side. So even... On the TV, it'll feel like you know the lads will be warming up right behind you. They'll be able to get crowd shots mm. um, of, of kids enjoying themselves with their with their mum or dad or whoever it may be. So I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's good for the TV. It's good. It gives fans hope. Um, it gives a small bit of revenue back to uh, back to Ulster, and hopefully, you know, other governments um, take wind of what the, the Northern Irish government has, has done here and allow a certain amount of fans back in. It's you know yourself, Mike, it's more like a trial and error process with, yeah. with all this. You know, we'll see how it goes. And then the following week or two weeks later against Dragons, whoever it is, coming to Belfast, there might be double that. There might be 1,200 there. So, yeah, it, it's just a massive positive, I think, that we're, we're able to see a few fans back in there. Definitely. I think even from a TV point of view, if people are going to be tuned into the rugby a bit this year, it's going to make a big difference. Because if you're watching the NFL, they've got four or five stadiums have – you know, sparse, and they're really well spread out. You look at them and you go, God, how could they be making any noise? But the difference in that noise compared to the piped-in fake noise is just light and day. It's made, <laughs> it's a completely different uh, experience watching it. So I'm looking forward to that. The games this weekend, look, they're not like... I, I, Leinster won to 50 on Ladbrokes to beat the Dragons. Ulster are heavy favourites to beat Benetton. Scarlets and Munster is probably the best game, really, and Connacht and Glasgow as well. But even looking beyond this game this week... It's kind of like, it's a good chance to kind of look where everybody is. It's weird with one season running into another. But the first question I have is about Leinster, really, is because a couple of, when they lost the Saracens, um, we didn't have you on because, uh, you know, it was, I thought there was a little bit too much doom and gloom and Irish rugby is finished and it's going to be a, it's, it's, it's you know, all, all this nonsense that happens every time Irish teams get knocked out in the quarterfinals and it's going to be all English, French from now on. But I do think that Saracens not going on and winning the following week 
does at least raise a question as to where Leinster are and this like 26 game in a row and beaten run and how they're dominating the Pro 14. And when it comes to Europe, we're thinking, well, look, if they're not the best team, they're the second best team. But now, I know it doesn't necessarily work like that, that they wouldn't beat Racing. Yeah. But you are thinking, right, there's actually a good few teams that are in at least that bracket and can't beat them. And I, I just wonder, are Leinster going to look at themselves coming into this season and think maybe we're not as far along as maybe we thought we were, or certainly the Irish media thought we were? Yeah. Um, like, the game was won or lost in the scrum. You know, there was seven scrum penalties or something against Leinster throughout the day. Um, if Tag Furlong had been playing, would have made a difference, probably. Um, you know, bringing Porter off the bench, fresh, uh, to make a bit of an impact. I think sometimes it comes down to personnel. But then you look at the personnel that Saracens have actually lost this season. Yeah. And were, you know, maybe seven or eight of their starting players from last year have either moved on or, you know, Farrell's out, out um, with the ban and one or two other lads injured. <sighs> I thought before, and I know I chatted to you about it, I was like, this is going to be a real leveller. You know, there's no crowd. Um, we'll see two really good teams going at it. And I just felt like at times in that match, that the physicality and the aggression levels of Saracen just were, were slightly above Leinster. Mm. And I know Leo came out um, after the match and said that Leinster were spooked. But uh, like I don't believe that for a second. You know, how does a team that's won multiple European Cups, leagues, you know, has hundreds and hundreds of, of Ireland Caps and Lions Caps amongst it get spooked at home um, in a quarterfinal where they've been over a dozen times? Like, so... Uh, I just I didn't get that. Um, I, I think they were just out muscled. I don't mm. think they were really outplayed because there isn't much play to Saracens game. <laughs> like you all know that you're just going to get box kicks. They're going to feed off your mistakes. They're going to win penalties. Their line speed is super aggressive. Um, they don't commit anybody to rucks. And uh, I, I think a few times against uh, Racing, Racing started to pick and go a little bit around the fringes, and they were getting meters and they were getting the odd. Um, quarter bus when Saracens were getting up they were having to retreat retreat instead of just getting up resetting two passes getting off smash somebody and yeah I'm, I'm just really happy that Saracens are are, are, are out of the competition um, like I, I love a lot of people that are involved in Saracens that just don't like their style of rugby and oh, yeah. I think a lot of people a lot of people are the same thinking as me but back to Leinster I just think it, it was an off day like it, it almost sure. felt like it almost felt like it was coming for some reason. Yeah, you know everybody was yeah, like, everybody was like, off. oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, oh, you know, Leinster's going to fall at some stage, and they're not as good as everybody thinks. You know, the Pro 14, a few of the teams in there are struggling. Like we, we're hearing that there might be um, other big South African teams yeah. coming that will will certainly strengthen the league. But um, yeah, this Leinster team, and maybe sometimes make sometimes too much change. I was going to ask. Be a big, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be a big, a big game. Like Sean Cronin catapulted into this match from absolutely nowhere. Um, I know Ronan Keller had a bit of a, probably wasn't all his fault in the first game or the first half against Ulster in the in the, in the, in the Pro 14 final. There was changes made there. I know the back back line was fairly similar. Scott Farley, that experience in the second row, he was left on the bench. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think Leo Cullen. I think I know I'm going round round circles here, but Leo Cullen will probably learn an awful lot from the last six weeks of what way they approach things in the future if they get themselves to the same stage next year. 
Yeah, I don't want to dwell on them too long because I want to talk about the other teams and just basically who's going to win the Pro 14. But, you know, is there a question of having... We talked about it as a positive that you don't know what team is going to come from week to week and having maybe like 30 yeah. or 40 top-level players. But if you're changing a back row every week and guys are playing week in, week out and Van der Fleer is basically man the match in the Pro 14 final and Connors comes in for him in the, in the next week, it's like combinations matter in rugby and you're not playing a lot with the same guys all the time. You know, it, it does eventually, like, I suppose it's a double-edged sword, maybe. You're keeping lads fresh and you're giving people game time, but it does eventually you have to question whether these guys are playing together enough, I suppose. I, like, we weren't saying that two weeks ago. No, You know, we when they were, when they were um, mixing and matching all the time and putting out really good performances and we were saying that was the strength of Leinster rugby was that it didn't matter who played, it seemed to get the, the best out of them because they were scared of losing their place for the following week and as you rightly said there, Van der Fleer getting man of the match and then getting dropped the following week and you know, it's 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 one of those ones where Leo Cullen is, you know, that's what he's getting paid to do is making those big decisions but there is absolutely no doubt that maybe two, three weeks prior to the quarterfinal they were looking at what the right combinations were to play against Saracens. Sure. You know, this wasn't this wasn't just a, oh yeah, we're dropping Van der Fleer because, you know, Connors has played brilliant the last couple of weeks. I think they had it in their head that uh. Connors is a better chop tackler than Van der Fleer. Got Billy Vinopolo to come up against CJ Stander two weeks previous to that. We're going to go with him. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I always like playing with some similar guys because you did build up relationships. You did understand the way they played. Um, you know, I'd love to play with Marcel Kutsia now because I don't see any Ulster players running support lines off him. Mm-hmm. Like no, like and he generally breaks the contact and he has his arms free. Like it. it cracks me up watching him because I would just be on his outside shoulder or his inside shoulder or you would have Tommy Bow trailing on, on his inside always looking for that offload and all you see is guys just latching onto him and smashing over him so I think it is important to to, to have relationships and um, to build that over you know a period of games and maybe we will we will see a bit more of that from Leinster this season yeah knowing what everybody's going to do is key so just looking at the odds here so it's a long season we're going to talk about these teams a lot more over the course of the year but just to sort of think about um, Ladbrokes have Leinster as 4-7 to seven. again does that suggest where the Pro 14 is and how far ahead they are of everybody last season definitely uh, looked at it but just looking at the contenders then you have Edinburgh at 5-1 Munster at 6-1 Ulster 10-1 Scarlet's 14 Glasgow 20 and kind of you're kind of looking down from, from Connacht to Cardiff and stuff and at, uh, Connacht to 25 Cardiff at 50 you're sort of looking past them is so it's, it's kind of the Scarlet's the Scottish teams and the other Irish teams what would you, who do you think kind of like see sort of uh, making a step up this year, I suppose, from where they were last year? I think we're going to see a, a much improved monster this season. Um, I think everybody give them dogs abuse, probably myself included, Mick and you uh, and um, the rest of the lads about the place because of the style of rugby that they played against Leinster in that semi-final. And then Saracens went and done exactly the same thing, more or less, except just won a few more penalties and dominated the scrum. And that was it. And they won the game against Leinster and Munster didn't, you know. And and I think there is there are a lot more strings to Munster's bow than, than what we've seen over the last number of weeks. We've seen glimpses of it in, in the first game against Leinster. Uh, but I think they're going to make leaps and uh, come on leaps and bounds this season. Um, good coaching staff in place. have worked under Roundtree. Larkin is sure to bring something different to the table. They've got a good head coach in there that all the lads seem to respect. If they can get fans back into Thoman, we know that they're more or less unbeatable there. 
Um, and yeah, I fancy them to, to go on to a bit of a run and prove a lot of critics wrong. Um, and yeah, who knows? They might, them, you know, Snyman's obviously going to be out for another, well, yeah. probably another six six months or so. Um, but you know, the key players are going to step up. So yeah, I'm excited. And if I was going to put an outside bet, I would I would put it on Monster. It's interesting here that, that Ulster are ten to one, considering they got the the final. Um, give a good show on for half an hour. I think it's interesting, and, and I've been following not only the Pro 14, but the other leagues and the betting throughout all the other leagues. And having no fans is such a leveler. Like, mm. it really is. And even watching Northampton seal last night, you know, Northampton were only six points um, minus or plus six points in that. And they got hockeyed at home. Like, they've lost seven consecutive games in a row. And Seal were always going to win that game. And for me, they're always going to win it by more than six points. Like, so, but would that stadium have been filled with fans, screaming fans, chanting at the referee, getting the odd 50-50 decision going their way? Then it, for me, it brings that right, that margin so much closer. So this weekend, another 600 fans going to be at the Ulster game. The Ulster press release yesterday, um, there was no news on Kutsia, but mm. Billy Burns is out with a calf injury. Stuart McCluskey, the vocal go-to player for Ulster, he's out with an elbow injury. Um, there was two or three other ah, lads so who would be in, in the 23. Yeah, yeah going to be out yeah. for a while. So not those many fans. I, I expect Bennett to come over, not playing much rugby, with a point to prove, and to lay down a marker for the season. And I'm not sure what the, the handicap will be in that game, but if it's 15 to 20 points, I, w- I would be you know looking looking closer to um, Bennett yeah. beating that for sure. 12 on Ladbrokes then so 12 yeah yeah, probably, it's, yeah. A good, it's a good it's a good handicap actually it's kind of it's not it's not 15 it's not too well if it went on the bookies ever get it wrong really like you know <laughs> well Benetton again I will, yeah I will, I will let you into a secret though Mick and Ladbrokes won't like this like but I have a few friends who always put like 20 or 30p on the handicap uh, the draw on the handicap and the draw on the handicap I think with Ladbrokes is usually 25 to 1 25 yeah so 25 to 1 and off of 31 I think it was 31p bet there a couple of weeks ago um, there was a, a friend of mine got a double up um, so it was a double up for 31p it was 209 quid so uh, and, and that's just that's just on the, the tie on the handicap every week you know yeah. for the sake of 20 or 30p like um, there's, there's huge odds there for a double on that there you go absolutely Steve, we'll be talking to you over the course of the season and I suppose even the rest of last season, which if that makes any sense, my mind is actually uh, going <laughs> to blow up from it all. But uh, thanks a million yeah. for joining us this morning. No worries, Mick. Thanks there to Stephen. If you are having a bet on the rugby or indeed any of the sport this weekend, please gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlouis.net for more information. Mick, it is time for your NFL picks. Tell me, how did you get on last week? <laughs> I, uh, Midland Mark it was only one and two I got I tell you what I got the Chiefs and, and the Ravens very wrong I, I underestimated the early season form of the Chiefs people will have seen Paddy Mahomes or Pat Mahomes his mother doesn't like him to be called uh, going absolutely mad on Monday night so I thought that the Ravens would take care of business early in the season and then we'll see what really happens when they come to the playoffs but the Chiefs did it I was way off on that one I have to admit I'm wrong I also got the Cowboys and the uh the Seattle game, the Seahawks wrong, but I'm not taking a major hit on that considering the Cowboys were winning with seconds to go. They were plus five in the betting and a field goal would have won the game for uh, the Seahawks. You win that, 
nine times out of ten oh, on the last drive. From the but what did they do? Seahawks went down, got a touchdown with a two-point conversion to end the game. That's and so incredibly inconsiderate. What bastards. Like, you know, really. Like, for the sake of me getting two and one instead of one and two. But, that, that, like, again, you're going to win that nine times out of ten. Um, so, you know, I'll take a moral victory there. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm even for the season. If you can stay above 500 in this game, Mark, you're going to do okay. So who are you going with this week? Okay, this week. I, I've got six picks here, Mark, and I have to whittle them down to three on the fly. Um, can I ask in advance, do you have any mad thoughts? You were you threw one at me last week, and it, it totally bamboozled me, and I don't want to do, get one after I get my picks. A mad thought? Well, I don't think I have any mad thoughts for this week. Like, uh, first of all, can we talk about, uh, just briefly there, touch on, like, what am I going to call uh, Pat Mahomes from now on? Although I think I've been calling him Patrick Mahomes forever. Um, yeah. But um, now we're not allowed to call him Pat anymore. What, what, what is the issue there? Pat, doesn't it? His mother was given out that he's been called Pat by people on broadcast. Yeah. So his mother tweeted um, saying, When will this announcer stop calling my son Pat? Like his name is Patrick. Give me strength or whatever. They apologized on live on Monday Night Football, put the tweet up on the screen. Look, as, as a person with a shortened first name, Mark. You don't have this problem. You don't understand what it's like. Mothers do not like it. You yeah. know, I, I've spent a lifetime with my... My wife calls me Mick, and I see my mom cringe every single time she uses my name. That's the rest of That's, my life. It's very strange, yeah. Yeah. I can see you, yeah. I can see your Pat, Pat Mahomes, Pat, 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 Patty, Patty, Patrick Mahomes, uh, mother's coming from. Uh, but speaking of what you're saying, for this week, I like the Bills... Against the spread. Uh, to beat the spread that, yeah. against the Raiders. I, I, and last week I threw a corporate at you going with the Raiders of any hope against Patriots. And because they got hammered, it was it 16 points were beaten by. I yeah. decided, nah, I'm abandoning them now. My beloved Buffalo Bills, I'm going <laughs> to hockey them. Well, your beloved Buffalo Bills had an absolutely mad game against the Rams last week where they were up like 28-3 or something like that, then fell behind to a mad comeback. And then, in fairness, went down. Josh Allen drove them down the field, two or three mad, huge third-down conversions, um, a really dodgy pass interference call that they got. But look, you get a bit of luck. I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, call them out too much. That. You get a bit of luck. They got the job done, and that is really impressive. And actually... Funnily enough, even though it looked like they were going to blow the game and they did so many things wrong, that was a real, oh, are we actually for real statement from them? And I was actually very impressed with them. I think the Raiders are underrated. And one of the six games I have written down, the Raiders plus three at home in Las Vegas is actually one of the ones I've starred. Because I still don't know if the Bills are the type that could just go and take care of business on the road against a, a quite good team, like a winning record team um, with a three-point like favourite. I am though, going to ignore it, versus the Killers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Taking care of business versus uh, <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders Killers. Mr. Brightside released 17 years ago this week. Um, wow. Okay. So it's a big it's a, week for Las Vegas in general. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know the Killers were from there last week. But anyway, anyway, uh, uh, in, in deference to you, one in your support of the Bills and two in your predictions, I'm going to rule that game out. So now yeah. I'm down to five, right? So that's, you need I'm to get down to three fairly quick. Mick, I'm glad I we'll be here all, okay, we'll okay. be here all day. All right. Okay. I'm doing something I shouldn't do, and I'm going to pick a bad team. The Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow as their number overall number one pick, starting quarterback. They got a tie 
in a ridiculous game against the uh, Eagles last week. Uh, so they're kind of off the mark slightly, but uh, they're playing the Jags at home this week. They're three-point favourites. The Jags had a kind of a good win against early in the season against the Colts, but they've been bad ever since. I like the Bengals to get going here a little bit. I like Burrow. He's more fun to watch. This will give you a reason to watch a bad game on Sunday. I like the Bengals minus three. They're my first pick. I also like, here's one for you. The Ravens are playing Washington, local derby, the Washington football team um, in Washington this week. And are I think they're minus 13 to win the game. However, what I like actually is one, and you get actually get better odds on it on Ladbrokes, is if you go with a halftime handicap of minus eight for the Ravens, that's six to five. And I like that one because that means that the game can be over. You, you're, you're giving up all the garbage time stuff that can happen at the end of a game, but you're still fancying the Ravens to win easily. They'll be up by more than eight at halftime is six to five. So I'm going to go with that one. And then finally, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, minus seven, Monday Night Football against the Falcons. Uh, Falcons who have blown another massive lead again. We talked about it last week. They did it again, Mark. It's beyond insane but genuinely the Packers look like a real good team they beat the Saints um last week Aaron Rodgers looks like he's back to his best that's what that's what Green Bay get for drafting a quarterback in the first round last year they get an angry Aaron Rodgers maybe it was a genius move who knows um but anyway there they look well and truly back and seven points seems like really generous there for me that was a standout one for me so uh Packers minus seven Baltimore Ravens minus eight at half time and the risky one then is the Bengals minus three. Interesting stuff. You're going to have a busy weekend between watching eight GEA county ma- club matches for your big shout. All these NFL picks, not to mention the Pro 14 and the football coming back. But that's and what it's all about. And not to mention that Aston Villa and Liverpool is on at seven o'clock on Sunday night at the same time as all these NFL games. There you go. Look, at that's what it's all about. That's what, that's what this podcast is about, Mick. It's trying to get everybody hyped for the sport of the weekend, and we hope we have done a good job this week. Thanks to Mick for joining me, and also, of course, thanks to Stephen Ferris and to Kevin Doyle. And thank you for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast. You can search the build-up on Ball Study and all good podcast apps if you want to subscribe, and if you would leave a rating and review while you're there, a positive one at that, it would mean an awful lot to us. But until we chat to you again next week, mind yourself. <laughs>